Welcome to the August 17th, 2022 podcast of Wisdom Today. Hello, my name is Bill Kelly and I'll be your host today. Today we'll be going over Proverbs 17, but before we begin, let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you would give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom and revelation about this word that they hear today and about how much you truly love each one listening to this podcast today. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverbs 17, beginning in verse 1. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. A wise servant will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. An evildoer gives heed to false lips. A liar listens eagerly to a spiteful tongue. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. He who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. A present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. An evil man seeks only rebellion, Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. He who loves transgression loves strife, and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, 
and the father of a fool has no joy. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her who bore him. Also to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Friends, today I'm going to be looking at verse 13. Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Now, friends, on Monday I had a very, very special story out of 1 Samuel 25, and I would highly recommend anyone that did not get to listen to Monday's podcast that you please do so. I give the backdrop of this story. This story is about a man named Nabal and his wife Abigail. And let's look back to Monday's proverb, Proverb 15, and let's look at number one. And number one said, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So the first part of that verse, a soft answer turns away wrath, pertains to Abigail, the wife of Nabal. Now the last part of that verse says, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now I'm going to reread part of chapter 25 today, and we're going to see that the second half of that verse pertains to Nabal, her husband. Okay, and then we went to verse 18, a wrathful man stirs up strife, and that is also what Nabal did. So very briefly, I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about chapter 25. I'm going to give just a short preview of that. The story is about David, and we're talking about King David that you know in the Old Testament, but he has yet to become king. Saul is still king, but David has already defeated Goliath in chapter 17, And by the time we got to chapter 18, I made reference on Monday that Saul had killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. So that is the prompt that made Saul so jealous of David. And so basically through the majority or really the rest of 1 Samuel, Saul is after David and trying to kill him. So that is where we're taking off in our story. 
and we're going to begin chapter 25, verse 4. When David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep, David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shearers. Your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them. Nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. So when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away, each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back, and they came and told David all these words. Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about four hundred men went with David, and two hundred stayed with the supplies. This is such a powerful story, and this is why I wanted to spend another podcast on this, because I want to go over several things that I think we can all learn today from this story. Number one, David's men had protected Nabal's men. Now, at the beginning of the story, it says Nabal was from Carmel. Now, at that time, Carmel was like on the outskirts of the wilderness. And it also says that he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, meaning that Nabal was very wealthy. He was very wealthy. At that time, people were considered wealthy depending on how many live, how much livestock they had and it was evident that he was very prosperous. So one point I wanted to make is that being in the wilderness, okay, at that time, he was open to thievery, okay? So his men who did the shearing, they were actually in danger because at any time they might have thieves come and robbers come and actually try to rob them or even kill them. Now, Having 3,000 sheep and shearing meant 
that when people brought their sheep for them to be sheared, they would have a lot of money on hand. Okay, so if robbers came, they knew that there would be much money. So this is really a very dangerous situation. So David's men had protected them. So David is feeling that his men should be rewarded by being paid kind of a ransom, if you will, for the protection that David's men has provided. Number two, I'm going to split into two comments. Number one, the name Nabal literally means fool. And the second part is Nabal was full of himself. And if you think about it, being a fool a lot of times means that you are full of yourself. And that's one of the things of the book of Proverbs is it says over and over again, be careful of how much you build yourself up. But the in Proverbs over and over again says, do not build yourself up. It says, let other people praise you and not your own lips. But that obviously did not pertain to Nabal. And that was his downfall. So basically, his name literally meant fool, and that's basically as he acted. He acted as though he were a fool. And you got to sit there and think how arrogant he really was. Now, what David did is he strategized, and he actually sent 10 of his men to visit Nabal on a feast day. Now, ordinarily, during this time period, whenever they had a feast day, people would always tend to be in good humor and good spirits. And at that time, they would probably be very generous. So this was a purposeful act by David to send his men on a day when Nabal could, and I'm going to even say the word should, have been very generous he should have recognized what David had done and what his men had done to provide protection for Nabal and his men while they are shearing sheep for the people in that particular area. But he did not do that. And finally, the third thing was Abigail, and I put in quotation marks, made things right. Now, when Abigail first heard of what Nabal had done, <coughs> she must have been horrified. She must have been scared because that literally put her life in danger. Not only was Nabal's life in danger, and not only was David planning on killing Nabal and all of his men, but Abigail realized that her life was in danger too because she was the wife of Nabal and your spouse is attached to you. So what the Bible says, and the two shall become one. So Abigail realizes that, oh my gosh, I need to do something. So she made all of these provisions and brought them to David's men 
And she even went to the point of bowing down on the ground before David. And she said, hold this account to me. She was willing to do that just to make sure that she was not going to be harmed or killed. This is such a wonderful story. And if you, once again, if you did not listen to Monday's podcast, please go back to that. But let's go back to our Proverbs, not only today, but also on Monday. So let's look very quickly at Proverbs 15, verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, which is what Abigail did. And remember, on Monday's podcast, as the story turns out, Nabal ends up dying, and Abigail becomes David's wife. So if you do the right things, many times your life is going to go well, and consequences will go well for you. And Abigail was lifted up because of what she did, and she became David's wife. Let's look at the second part of verse 1, chapter 15, Proverbs 15. But a harsh word stirs up anger, and that is exactly what happened to Nabal. He ends up dying. And in verse 18 of, of Proverbs 15, it says, A wrathful man stirs up strife. And that is exactly what happened to Nabal. Now let's review our proverb today in Proverbs 17 and verse 13. It says, Whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. And what a lesson any of us can learn from this particular thing. Because David's men had protected the men of Nabal, Nabal had an opportunity to thank David and his men, but not only did he not thank him, not only did he not give him any money that he could share with his men for the protection they had provided, but he goes to the extent of asking who is David and who is the son of Jesse. And as I talked about on Monday, he was very aware of who David was. David basically was the leader of Saul's army and had provided protection over and over again for the people of Israel. But he even went a step further and mentioned something about a servant and actually degraded David actually to a servant and saying he might just be a servant that is run away from his master. So Nabal ended up getting what he deserved and Abigail ended up as the wife of the future king, David. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If you have never taken that step, I invite you to repeat this simple prayer after me today. Father God, thank you for sending Jesus, your Son, to earth for us. Jesus, Thank you 
that even though you were tempted in all ways, as are we, you never gave in to the temptation of sin. Yet you were willing to die on a cross for me. You took away all of my sins, and all of the sins of the world converged on you during that three-hour period prior to your death on the cross. Jesus, thank you for saving me. You have put me in right standing with God, and now I can boldly declare I am a child of God. Thank you for saving me. I invite you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, if you did not get a chance to listen to yesterday's testimony, the young lady I had on was absolutely wonderful. So please check that out and rejoin me tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.